it's kind of like we're on a, a 20-year human behavioral research study, and frankly, we're all guinea pigs, and especially these teens, and they don't even know they're in the study. So there's a lot of complexities playing into this, and we really haven't seen, I don't believe, the full dynamic of how it's going to actually hurt a whole generation. such a little word for something so infinite and the questions contained within are simply endless where is everyone going how are they finding their way what will they do when they get there often hear adults say life is complicated but I can't help but wonder is it people that make it that way? My name is Kiki, sister to Isambard and daughter to Simeon and Miranda. Together, we live off-grid in the beautiful southwest of England, sourcing all of our power from the sun and the wind. We live in a bender, it's quite fairy tale, made by taking hazel poles, bending them over and tying them in a dome. It is insulated with blankets, duvets and then covered with tarp which makes it waterproof. We put a burner in ours. In the winter sometimes it gets so warm we need to open the door in the middle of a snowstorm. So Coops you're going to go um, and do some pony work this afternoon? Yes. I'm going to do some harrowing. Okay, cool. Yeah, because it rained last night, so it's perfect weather. Right. And it's sunny. It's sunny, and you won't get wet, and you won't bite, and you won't jump on. One of the things I adore here is the water. Have you seen my new strawberry bed? No. We are so blessed to drink from the spring at the top of the land. Some might say I'm missing out on things, being here on the top of the hill, but I feel truly full. Should we go? So much at times, I feel like I could almost touch the sky. I'm surrounded by so much beauty each time I walk out the door. There is a spark that guides me to gratitude for all the earth provides and sustains us with. I wonder at times, are we doing enough to give back? And how far off the map of life we have fallen? I too have questions for the world.
one. Message in the portal. Oh, cool. All right, let's open it up at home. Business, I recycle bottles, cans, glass, wine bottles, and jars. Some cans I crush in a can crusher that we have in our garage. Then we bag everything up in big, tall green bags. Then we take it to the recycling center. Today we did that and I got 9464. So that's pretty much how I do my business. I feel sad that people just throws it on the ground. That's why I'm doing a beach cleanup today. It's fun to me. You just think it's probably boring. I'm just going to go and watch YouTube, do Snapchat, do Instagram, and do nothing really. elephant seals, harbor seals, dolphins, turtles, and northern fur seals, the Pacific Marine Mantle Rescues, and I donate all the money from these shirts, uh, and it goes to them to buy food medicine for the animals. I write these thoughts to some heart somewhere. We are so blessed to grow in a universe that wishes the very best for us, providing everything we need, and only asking in return that we leave this world a better place than we found it. So I ask, what will you do? The Earth has been here for a very long time, a man for only an instant. People need to understand that little things can make a big difference, like recycling and helping the animals who cannot help themselves. The ocean is so vast, it brings us so much, and we must never take more than we get. There is just a kind of wrong feeling in me when we turn our internet on. Is the Wi-Fi box on? People laugh at me, but I do feel it. I am not a scientist, and perhaps no one will hear my words. But I know I feel most alive when the earth is beneath my feet. Not when I'm lost in a screen. This is our Wi-Fi box. It's uh, an extraordinary piece of kit, and it works at least 30% of the time. It, uh, it connects us to the outside world of the internet, and the great thing about this is we can turn it on and we can turn it off. And uh, so we know that when this is turned off, we're not surrounded by kind of these invisible waves. And, you know, there's not been much too much research done on that, I guess, about what, what effect these waves have on you. 
And uh, but I did hear one really interesting thing that um, when animals hear kind of strange sounds in nature, they they store their food in in fat. And in in modern houses now, we've got so many different sounds and sounds of fridges, Wi-Fi, mobile phone signals going around that that human beings are actually in a mild state of panic and stress. And because of that mild state of panic and stress, they think that a natural disaster is about to happen. And so uh, find it more convenient to store their food intake as fat. So and it's supposed to be one of the causes of obesity. Um, you know, as well as burgers and chips, obviously. But um, yeah, this is supposed to be a contributing factor. And I'm not really, I don't know if it's true. And I'm not sure if having no Wi-Fi on um, makes any difference to life at all. But it certainly feels different. I know when we turn this box off and we have a candle here at night and there's no wire going through the walls, that it just feels absolutely beautiful and connected. And I really know, I feel that. So, um, yeah, it may not be a science thing, but it's certainly uh, emotionally healthy when this box goes off. I do have concerns about Wi-Fi and mobile data and what it's doing to us. Body, mind and soul. Truth is, the answers are not yet known. There are no studies or conclusions. Reality is that we are all a part of an ongoing experiment with technology and no one knows the outcome. Sorry, okay. They're fine from last summer. So you do want to put some... Mm, those are good as well. Some... We can make quite a big jar. Put lots of rose petals. How odd is it that we can send a message with a little thought? To try it. And instantaneously to any place on this planet. Yet people often hesitate to knock on their neighbour's door to just say hello. Full of love. Mm. I think she'll like that. <laughs> I fear people are losing the gift of human touch. Many become slaves to something we cannot see but hangs heavy in the air around us. <laughs> what are we reaching for? Jesse, currently on tour with Leon Bridges. Today, I'm going back to Irving High School where I graduated. Memories wash over me as I think about walking through these hallways as a student. I remember being bullied and feeling bruised like I wasn't good enough, probably with some of the same insecurities you carry. I wish I could tell you that all those things change. Because they don't, but you do. We learned that high school is a collection of fragile egos. Me, I was able to go home and escape drama at the end of the day. But you guys are connected 24-7. 
I can't imagine how hard it is to grow up in this age of technology. Come on, like, I had a flip phone. I want to know what things are really like for kids today. It's hard. I mean, how many of you guys, like, wake up in the morning and, like, reach for your phone and just look on social media the whole time? I mean, I did it this morning. I do it every day. Or I can't walk without it. Like, I have to walk with it. And it's... And it sucks because I tried to like, like take myself away from social media. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do like three days. Nah, that didn't even last. <laughs> that didn't even last like a half of a day. Um, it is brutal. Any questions about like social media today? Like how to, how does that affect you guys? Seeing what you see, like all these celebrities. I just think like everybody's worried too much about each other, and it gets too personal. Like all my social media is just fun because like if I didn't have it, I'd be bored. And, like so if I have it, I go out, I get a laugh out of it. I mean, because it's like fun. It's not like they just trying to like rip them to pieces. It's just like oh look at that. Yeah. So I think it's kind of fun. So if I didn't have it, I think it would be like everybody be bored all the time. Because I think it brings out the best of people, kind of like their personalities. So yeah, there's there's good things and there's a lot of good things, but there's also a lot of bad things. Have you ever felt like personally like you've been attacked on social media? I mean, I feel like we've all like gone through something in so like because we're using social media and sometimes we like we're like we, we kind of brush it off in front of people, but then behind closed doors we're like that actually hurt. I feel like everyone in this room has probably like experienced that at least once where someone's, you know, like just they just say the wrong things and I feel like that's a huge problem that we have today that we can't we can't hold our tongue back and we don't take into consideration other people nowadays it's hard everybody just wants to and i think it's like a thing to look cool now because you know you talk about people and you make money off of it i feel like something like big with social media is like your confidence like how some people think that I know, I, like, myself included, I have a really low self-esteem sometimes. And, like, I feel like I look better one way if I'm on social media. Like, oh, if I use this, maybe someone will, like, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, it sucks, that feeling, because, like, my mom always tells me, she's like, Gayla, like, you, you look beautiful, da, da da like, you're fine, like, you know. And it's just, like, hard because I feel like if people post this or if someone doesn't like this or, like, then you won't get noticed as much. I feel like a lot of... People on social media feel one way because people don't accept him, accept them the other way. It sucks. Like, in this industry, it sucks because I don't dress like the girls on Instagram. Heck no, I'm too scared. This is probably the most, like, you'll see a lot of skin here. Um, I just, I can't get with it. And I also think it takes away from your self-worth as um, male or female, you know, it's just... You don't have to show all your skin to to please people. I mean, to this day, I'm like less is more. The challenging thing is kids are doing selfies at an alarming rate. The average young woman is doing 23 selfies in a week. Average guy, teenage guy, four selfies in a week. Research shows that uh, teenagers will actually in their lifetime do 25,700 selfies, and, and they're posting likely uh, two-thirds of them, you know, because they, they want their life to be journaled. 
They want their visage to be noticed. They want to be what I call a micro celebrity. They want to be noticed for who they are and have a sense of identity because they have this beautiful uh, public persona. The problem is they know in their heart that it's kind of a lie because they took 17 photos to get the one that looks just perfect with the right duck lip, you know. I mean, just got to look just like the Kardashians, you know, and get that duck lip going because then I'll be just cool, sexy, and hot. Well, it's a crazy thing they're doing, but they're living in this artificial world of fantasy that this is me. But they know that the other 95 to 90 percent of their life isn't perfect it isn't you know unblemished it isn't just the right lighting it's just normal me do you feel like there's um more pressure on girls with social media because like i know like with my posts my sister she gets way more likes than me mm -hmm. but she posts more like skin and she tells me like oh well it's because you post like a fifth grader like you're posting pictures of you but like it's boring like and i'm like well i don't want to post pictures like i'm not I, like i'm not like insecure but like I'm not that confident in my body so I don't want to post like you said like bikini like pictures of me at the beach or like I just want to be like I love this jacket I'm gonna wear it in every picture she's like you're always wearing the same thing I'm like I'm sorry girls are on Instagram all the time it's you know the number one downloaded app and they're really into it and they're following lots of people and seeing lots of pictures and there's good and bad things about that um, and one of the bad things is that they see a lot of pictures that aren't really real. And they see a lot of pictures where um, people are you know, in these sexy poses that you really don't need to be posting sexy pictures of yourself all the time. Um, so there's a lot of pressure, um, I think, that maybe girls put on themselves to look like the pictures that they're seeing. Now, what's happening is it used to start with just faces. But if you're not, if you're insecure, you're not getting enough likes, you start dropping down. And then you start, you know, four to ten are saying, there's no problem if I show myself topless. Okay, now one out of six are saying, it's no problem if I show myself completely nude. These are young teen women. And so what happens is, if I don't get enough likes by doing my duck lips just right, or little sexy looks or innocent looks that are supposed to draw people in, then I'll just drop the camera a little more, a little more. Pretty soon I'm completely topless pretty soon I start showing more now I'm doing sexual poses on the bed why because there's this insatiable desire to be noticed to be loved to be appreciated and because the celebrities are doing it they're my models I quasi look up to them and so I push the edge in my own world duck lips oh so my thing on the wait duck do you lips. do it oh no, no. <laughs> I'm not I'm not judging Duck lips. Uh, I think people just, it's just like a trend because now duck lips not even the thing no more. It's the tongue out. Like, but I, I, <laughs> that's the thing. But duck lips, like, I feel like once, like, it's always the girls who have like the little certain thing that they follow from each other. Like, I was the tongue and it was duck lips. Then before duck lips, it was like the little, that thing. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it's just a twin. It's like a trend. Like, everybody follow everybody. It's because, like, when you do the duck lips or, like, you stick your tongue out, like, there's no way that your face is going to, like, look crooked or, like, you, it's because, like, it, like, makes your cheeks look better or, like, you just look better that way. When the camera goes to all of y'all, y'all all do the same thing. <laughs> y'all all, all hit the duck lips here. So I'll be like, oh, my gosh, stop. <laughs> I'll be real honest on this. But when I see a girl, like, doing duck lips, well, about a year or two ago, I would be like, dang, I feel bad for her because, like, I feel like <laughs> it's not in a funny way more. It's like uh, 
I feel like it was a sign of insecurity because some girls be having like chubby cheeks. I mean, I, I don't blame them. You know, I got some too. Chill out. <laughs> but uh, what's it called? Some girls try to hide that because they don't like it because I guess they may, it makes them look bad or something. But that's why I was like, anytime I would see some duck lips on a girl, I'd be like, uh, I feel bad, but I'll give you a like. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, guys were acting all big and tough on Instagram, you know, like, like all that so i guess that makes them seem like you know like oh i'm a man i'm independent you know but like maybe that's how girls feel like you know like when we do that stuff like we're independent we feel cute we feel i mean i mean i don't know i just feel like it goes both ways i don't know if any of y'all feel like this but at my house what's it called sometimes social media i hate it because the fact that since your parents are like trying to get into the technology and everything. Like, they're getting into social media. They're using Facebook, like, the old-fashioned stuff. But, like, say you're at, you're eating as a family, right? And it turns out your mom and dad aren't really paying attention to you because they're on their social media. Or, the, like, your brothers or sisters, are they're, they're not even uh, communicating because they're watching videos on YouTube. And then you're over here, like, what's going on? Like... I'm trying to interact with y'all, but y'all over here not paying attention. Okay, that's how You're a guac. You're a guaca. Where did you get the hawthorn from? All the plantain heads are dropping at the bottom. Did you get the day off work? No. I could play. What's that? It looks like some sort of bangle. Just go to see what's happening. Right, if you could pick one salad. I've always looked up to my brother Izzy. We don't feel one without the other. Born with a love for music, together we've created a band, Kiki and the Bard. Kira. 
17 and graduating from high school. I also have a part-time job. I really love to be around horses and I've been riding since I was eight years old. Another interesting part of my life is that I'm a survivor of childhood cancer. At the age of 15, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma and I've been fighting it ever since. Although it hasn't been easy, I've chosen to look at my diagnosis as a blessing in disguise. The significance of loving life, regardless of the hardships, became crystal clear to me. I connected with other parts of myself through painting. Stroking vibrant color along a canvas is incredibly soothing, and it grounds me. I had to let go of a lot of things I thought were important to get better. Um, none of that matters. You're worth way more than who you think you need to be, and you don't have to feel that you need to fit this mold, be who you are, because you're so much more interesting that way. A hard part of cancer is my hair fell out. My nails turned brown, my skin turned funny colors, my eyes grew tired, and I was riddled with scars. None of these things considered beautiful in society. The truth is, strength and resilience are beautiful. Who made these definitions? For a long time, social media had me sold on the idea of what perfect is. It felt good to question this common opinion. Can't we all just be done with defining ourselves with what we see in social media? Can't we all simply be who we are off screen? My message to the world is, life is precious. Don't miss it. How are things going for you now? They're a lot better. Yeah, I've yeah I haven't had treatment since summer, so That's things good. have been stable since, and it's just nice to get back into life. And yeah. but it's nice because I'm getting back into it with this whole new kind of view of the world, though, yeah. which is nice. Like it's like this sort of I feel more awake. Yeah, and alive a, a little huge bit. like different perspective. On yeah. Like, yeah, it's really refreshing, yeah. and I really like it. And I just I don't know I. I look at the world so differently and I've realized how precious it all is. Yeah. It's, it's nice to just enjoy every little and thing. And you can't take anything for granted, no, right? Yeah. No, you can't. One of the leading causes of blindness in North America is a disease called macular degeneration. And macular degeneration is caused by things such as blue light. Blue light is causing macular degeneration to occur at much younger ages. So macular degeneration used to occur when you're a lot older. You're starting to see it younger and you're starting to see it worse than you ever saw it before because and we believe the blue light is going to have such an impact in this that we don't know what the gen next generation is going to be like we have five senses we don't realize how important vision is we just take it for granted and if you think about it you know we're we're concerned about our teeth you know we're, we're so good about brushing our teeth and we know we gotta floss would you rather lose a tooth or an eye? Losing your vision, the impact on your life is 
is so drastic. Everything changes. And one of the things I'll say to kids is how much time do you think you could spend on a screen if you lose your vision? My name is Josh Hanford, and I was born in Regina, Saskatchewan. I am an August baby, and I don't remember much about the birth itself. However, I'm told I was born quite early. A couple of things weren't working right. Some heart valves and my eyesight. I suffered retinal detachment issues due to my prematurity, and because of that, my vision is extremely limited. Funny thing is, even with these physical impairments, my heart beats strong to the beauty I feel. Music has always been a strong focus for my life. I began exploring music on the piano at age six, learning guitar at seven, and vocal lessons at nine. My family tells me they knew I loved to sing from a very young age. students were interacting with them and then we knew we had struck gold and we were so grateful for these instruments because first of all it's very it, it requires a kind of a physical embodiment to play these instruments it, they're very lateral instruments they're very powerful instruments so we really need to find our feet literally our grounding in order to, to play these instruments and we need to be so balanced physically to play them and when we saw the the way that their physical structure changed as they approached the instrument it was kind of the opposite of how they sit at their computers and their cell phones and the opposite of that collapse over the heart it was just so open and free and I think that's when we knew we knew we had found our instruments when I look at teenagers and everything they are trying to do, their brains are trying to reorganize, they're trying to individuate from their families, they're trying to find their identity, they're, they're trying to, to figure out who they are in the world. The current generation is exposed to everything. Everything is at their fingertips at every moment of the day and through their technology. It must be so overwhelming. So there's the amount of time that teenagers are spending on their technology, but there's also just the, the sheer amount of uh, useless information that's coming in and their brains, they don't yet have the wisdom or the knowledge to know how to filter that yet. And they're not actually just sitting. And this is an okay thing to do. This is how I grew up. Sometimes you just need to sit and be bored and wonder about things and not be constantly filtering mostly useless information. I think there's a reason anxiety is on the rise. I think they feel 
lost, it's, it's a weird paradox. They're more connected, but they feel more disconnected than ever. When I was in grade seven, I composed a piece called Darkness Into Light, which is a musical depiction of my journey as a visually impaired person living in a sighted world. This piece was debuted at Carnegie Hall in New York City in 2017, and I'm told this makes me one of the youngest composers to have a piece debuted in this legendary hall. I often get asked a question some might think holds an obvious answer. Would you choose to be able to see? My answer used to be yes, but now it's no. The reason is because I believe we should be focusing on what's within and not what's on the outside. The beauty of a person is not what they look like, it's what kind of person they are and who they want to be in the world. I think that's huge and what really matters in life. Unfortunately, too often, this is overlooked. It feels amazing to be with people who appreciate us for who we are, but don't care what we look like or what our challenges are. I was asked what my visual impairment has helped me to see. My answer is beauty, to appreciate the inner beauty in all people. You see, for me, beauty is felt, not seen. What do you guys think about when you see like some of the posts on like the celebrities today? I feel like that that's what the ideal person is supposed to look like. Like big boobs, big butt, flat stomach, Small ways, yes. Perfect teeth. Hair needs to be laid all the time, you know. Why do you guys want bigger lips, or why do girls want bigger lips? I don't know why people want big big lips, but like, I want smaller lips because like, people always talk about like, oh, you got big lips. Like, you must know how to work them things. Like, no. <laughs> I like some girls do it to get a lot of attention like some girls like when they take a picture to show off their butt they'll like sit on the sink and make sure it's out there like hey and then like once they like post it they'll get all these comments from like a whole bunch of guys like you'll probably see one girl and it's probably their best friend boosting them like work girl yes and then there's like all these guys like yummy or like ooh that booty big snack it's a meal like no stop it don't you, you it makes it makes women look bad certain girls like the ones that do like the extra stuff like on the sink or they're just like not extra but just like out there more than others like need that like at home they don't like their parent yeah their parents aren't around or they're always working and like they need somebody to tell them or like guys don't like appreciate them the right way and like that's all they know so like if they're not getting that then something's missing and something's wrong and they don't feel good and it's like it's not what they want you know I heard that a 17 year old girl once asked her mother why do I have to change to be beautiful that question made me so sad um, because she doesn't have to change. And, you know, yes, there are pressures within our culture and, and based on things that she might be seeing on Instagram that might make her think 
she might need to look a certain way. But again, we really need to instill the confidence in girls from a young age that who they are is beautiful and they don't have to change. If we would just stop comparing ourselves to other people, like if we would just realize that what they're posting is not really what is real, we would, we would soothe ourselves. We would not be, like, we would not be as insecure as we are. And like, I, yeah, I see myself doing that sometimes and I have to stop myself. I'm like, Odalis, you don't have to compare yourself to someone else. Like you are who you are. And that's just it. And you have to love yourself, regardless of, you know, you might not be that person, but you have your own qualities. When I was a little girl, I was transfixed by the idea of photographs, that a single moment could be captured and relived, that we can see ourselves as we were at a particular time, perhaps marking an occasion like a formal wedding or simply moments of life's rich journey. There is true magic in that. I love to look at family photographs and imagine what happened just after the image was captured or just before. My mind would come up with all sorts of stories based on what I saw. What we see in a photograph can be a truth. At best, it can relate the essence of a person or of a moment in time. However, this is what it makes it so powerful and why recording photographic images comes with great responsibility. It is an important visual document that will be there possibly forever once recorded, through which we can share ourselves as we choose and others as agreed with them. When I think of how commonplace it has become to share an image, possibly many images of oneself on the internet, I feel very sad that this generation may never have the opportunity to experience the magical feeling that is found when you take a photograph and then treasure it forever. Writing this, I'm reminded of the many thousands of soldiers at war who have been kept alive by the hope of returning to a sweetheart whose photograph was perhaps their only possession during the dark days away from their homeland. How powerful is that? I'm old school when it comes to photographs. My personal photographs are my treasure. They are my records of the most beautiful and magical things that I have experienced. I see them when I close my eyes and they remind me of my adventures and all the beauty I have been fortunate enough to see. Posting photographic images on the internet is not photography in my view. However, it is a digital social document. Once shared, it's on the internet, it's there, and beyond that you have little control over where it goes and what others do with it. I'd like to live in a world where people share their highest selves and where people consider what they are giving away. It seems our society defines beauty as big boobs, skinny thighs and perfect features. However, this is not how I see it. We sit here and like we try to impress other people instead of like actually being ourselves and like showing who we really are. 
and like we're trying to make other people happy when regardless they're gonna talk whatever like either if you're yourself or you're not like mm -hmm. I just feel like we should be ourselves at the heart of this uh, teenagers really are quite self-absorbed that's understandable we have been for decades because the whole identity crisis is about finding out me figuring out me coming to understand me and and so we have this this huge preoccupation with myself how am i perceived uh, matter of fact you could call it the cult of me i'm following me i'm trying to uh, project me i'm trying to it, it's really a form of narcissism where it's a it's a actually a a self-centered high sense of my importance and that you should value me as much as I want you to value me. And in doing so, what happens is I must be worth something. I must be good. I must be okay. But the silly thing about the, or the dangerous thing, maybe is a better word, about the social uh, media world is there are strangers or general others who are the ones that are commenting upon the value and worth of my life. Let's talk about likes. Doesn't matter whether it's uh, Snapchat, doesn't matter if it's Instagram, even the old days and Facebook. What? What do likes mean? What do likes mean? If I don't get a, like a proper amount of likes that I usually get, I'll repost it at a different time, like the popular time, huh? and then I'll get even more likes. So tell me, what's it, the popular time? Like, I don't know, before bed, because everyone's on their phone before bed. Okay, so I post at like 9 o'clock at yeah. night? Yeah. That's no, perfect. I'm learning, I'm learning, good. A like to me means that, well, obviously somebody likes what you posted, so when I post something on Instagram and say it's whatever at the proper time, and you get a certain amount of likes, it's just like, wow, people really like that, so then I post them similar the next time, maybe? get another good amount of likes and it just makes you feel good inside like I mean it's a bad kind of addiction it seems because you're just like so focused on that but at the same time it does make you feel good at least for me okay so so let, let me ask that question of everybody here would you all kind of be feeling that likes make you feel good yeah okay that's pretty much 95 percent so say if your photo gets like let's say 200 likes on it um, that means that 200 people are looking at your photo, like looking at your life and your life should be like, not secret, but it should be with spent with the people that care about you and want to spend time with you. And those 200 people, like a good handful of them probably don't really care about you or like want to, yeah, that like don't want to, yeah, exactly. They don't want to spend time with you or like get to know you. They just want to see what you're up to and see if their life is better than your life or if your life is better than their life. So they might be discreet. Yeah. So you're kind of like, ex like likes to me feels like you're exposed. When you take a selfie or when you take a photo with you and your friends, um, usually there's like 800 photos and out of the 800 you find the, like the one or two that you go with a friend you're like, hey, is this a good photo? And they say yes or no and then you post it with the mindset that everyone likes this, this is going to be great. Like hopefully there's going to be a lot of likes and let's say before you got 300 likes selfie that you posted and the next day you only get like 250 you're like well where did those 50 people go and why don't they like my photo and it's one of those things where it's like you almost feel like downgraded you're like oh like I went from here but now I'm here or when <laughs> when you post a photo 
and you get like 50 more likes, you're like, oh, well, like I've upgraded from the last time. And you, uh, your self image either goes up or down, and your worth goes up or down, oh, no, depending on your likes. I don't think likes define me, but I really think like they tell, because like with me, it's just, I feel a certain way because if I don't get a certain amount of likes, then I'm going to delete the picture. Like, see, me, like, my, my good thing is I need 100 or more or I'm going to delete it. That's how I feel about it. Like, say I don't care about it, but, like, I was saying on my Instagram. Yesterday, I posted a picture, like, exactly 24 hours ago. I got 98 likes, right? It's a picture of me because I said I was having my last football game. It was, like, last week of football, high school football. And I got 98 likes. And But, like, if I was to only get 20, I mean, it wouldn't really change, like, I care, but like I feel like people care too much about the little things. So social media is not really anything. Like it's just the pictures of you. Then, like you still have to live your life outside of social media. So I feel like people like think social media is just like if they don't get this many likes, they're not gonna be successful in their outside life. So. Um, I mean, I used to this. I don't anymore. But I used to text like all my friends and be like, "Hey, retweet my picture." <laughs> you can ask them. Like I'd be like, "Hey, retweet my picture." But. Like, I don't do that anymore, but, like, now I'm starting not to care as much. I mean, I'm not going to say that I don't care because, you know, I still refresh my feed and, oh, did they? No, no, okay. No, but, like, I'm starting to care less and less about who likes it, who doesn't, because I'm like, you know what, if I put it out there, then so what? Like, you know what, I wanted to, I clicked the submit button. I never connected self-worth to the word likes, but it's come out a few times, hasn't it? So interesting. A person should base their self-worth on their likes. No, just a minute. Just a minute. This is what you're telling me, right? So, 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 talk to me. When it comes to liking a photo, something about you, something when you realize that you don't have that many likes, something about you just feels like you've gone from a certain point. So, do you have, you're starting to see the connection between likes and your worth. Do you see? Is, is getting a like from somebody a real genuine statement of care and faithfulness? Do we not sometimes push like so that they will like us for pushing their like? My name is Patricia Ann Menube. I am 20 years old, Filipino, and the eldest daughter of immigrant parents. I grew up in Daly City, California, and I continue to grow in San Francisco. I have a younger brother and plants that never stay alive. I love fashion and walking to the beat of a song through my headphones. I'm an ambitious introvert who loves people, stories, and not staying still. I can make anything out of paper and I have a weird talent of finding crabs beneath the sand. I like to tell people that I am in love with the two most unpopular hobbies, writing and service. My dad worked at a bookstore when I was younger, so I learned how to read and write at an early age. But most importantly, I learned stillness and beauty through words. I remain in awe of authors, poets, and their ability to create universes while illustrating emotions out of thin air. Growing up, I was bullied often. This made me feel out of control. I found control and beauty inside of writing. 
You see, writing does not pity, judge, or give you advice you already know. It just listens. In high school, I was introduced to performance poetry, an outlet for shy, shaky, introverted me, an opportunity to ease pain into beauty while inspiring others to feel. With old memories and tears that swell up in my throat, I choke, lose feeling in my hand first that climbs to my arms, chest, shoulder. And when the shakes reach my face, I am cold and then hot all at once. And instead of drowning, I become the flood. Emotions and empathy are important in life because they are what makes us human. Here is where my service career found me. Dreamboxes was born from recognizing how important it is for kids to have access to supplies they need to be successful in school and the encouragement they need to pursue their dreams. I won a national contest under the Jefferson Awards Foundation and was rushed into a lot of press and media exposure. In high school, my mental health began to plummet. I began fighting an everyday battle to not feel a disappointment to people around me. Long story short is, I didn't want to be here anymore. I felt ashamed to admit that this was part of my story because I wanted to be always uplifting and inspiring. I used to tell myself, how can I hate myself if I am helping other people? And this is what continues to save me. I learned that our own healing begins when we reach out to others. I love doing service because I want to be the person I needed during the bad times. I find joy in showing people that there is beauty in even the smallest and most painful things. Because in doing so, it also reminds me that this is true. People are walking infinite opportunities and experiences, and I think that is so beautiful. I remind myself that I too am one of these people. I told you, I am in love with the two most unpopular hobbies because I owe them my life. I was recently looking through my high school papers and came across an old personal essay written at the end of my sophomore year when our teacher asked us to think about what our purpose was. People wrote things like travel the world, help find a cure for cancer, start a business. 15-year-old me wrote, my purpose is to help other people find their purpose. And five years later, I am doing just that.
Be like, you know with Snapchat how there's those streaks, right? Oh! <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> like, eventually I came and was like, no, I'm not keeping a streak. Yeah, I And don't. I just stopped. Like, I'll talk to people, but, yeah. like, it's I'll just it so, like, to. hard to keep keeping that up every single day. You need to Snapchat that person to keep the number yeah. keep going up, right? And that's unhealthy. It is unhealthy. It is. It's yeah. stressful. I see people stress over it. Right? Like, yeah. They're like, you have streak. other things to worry <laughs> about in life than this, like, number. Yeah, I don't exactly. even understand the point of them, though. What, no, I don't what know is the either. point of streaks? I heard people talking about it in, in the gym the other day. Really? Like, just, like, in the background. I was like, yeah, oh, my God. Like, well, I don't really care about this streak, but I care about this one. This was the most important. Yeah. That's actually a really smart idea on Snapchat, though, because they know people will get yeah. so serious about it and people yeah. will want to keep using it to yeah. maintain the streaks. Yeah, I feel like kids don't really realize there's so much more. There's, like, a backstory. There's so much going on behind mm-hmm. just scrolling through. There's, like, Instagram's yeah. trying to make you keep scrolling and keep posting and mm-hmm. hashtagging and all that yeah it's like you just get sucked in it's like moths with like light the more <laughs> yeah. you look at it the more you just get drawn to it and you don't realize how like invested oh, yeah. you become oh, yeah. yeah people and people spend hours on these you yeah. know and it's, it's unfortunate it's like time warp it is it tells you to stop you just there's no end point really yeah because there's no one to say okay you've reached the end because there really isn't you could just keep going in deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. There's been some really interesting articles that have linked depression to dry eye and dry eye to screen time. So it's very interesting how all that gets connected. Now, when we are depressed, you know, what do we do, especially in today's generation? Everything is online. So we start going online to find our solutions. Whereas, you know, in the old days, depression it wasn't as big a concern because you would go outside and play with your friends. You'd get fresh air. You'd have, you know, time to just run around in the park. You'd go on swings. And all of that increases the, the happy hormones, let's call them. But in these days, you just tend to go into your room and close the door and go online because that's where your social life is. That's where your escape is. And that is going to feed into that depression because your eyes are going to get drier and more irritated. So we're not teaching our kids the skills they need to, one, how to deal with depression, right? So if you are starting to feel this way, put away the artificial world and go out and reconnect with the real world right outside your door and see how that makes you feel. When we take a look at the vertical human, we have so many muscles that are involved with posture or good positions they're most of them are called anti-gravity muscles so they hold us up they hold us up in good positions so that our moving muscles then can move effectively if we're ending up into the technology position then what happens is gravity eventually wins the low back starts to drop down the thorax starts to round The arms start to drop forward, the chin starts to poke out, the head drops down. Then as we move out into the extremities, we end up having jammed elbows, rotated wrists, and most importantly, forget just about clumsy thumbsy. You've got arthritis of your thumbs. Those thumbs weren't meant to do 200 words a minute, and also... Your arms weren't designed to be able to hold your your position 
for 20 or 30 minutes. They're designed for movement so that we're actually changing the structure and function of the hands, which then leads to arthritic and tendinopathies, creating more pain. And next thing you know, you really become something that is non-functional. Snapchat is fully boring. If the Wi-Fi box is not on, I wouldn't turn it on to check my phone. Instagram can be tempting though. <laughs> but when you're busy, you're not tempted at all. Like when I'm helping my mum with the garden or the horses. We came to where we live now and I met this legend called Brendan who's an extraordinary blacksmith. He gifted me loads of his tools. Really generous of him to pass on his skills and I hope one day I'll pass them on to someone else as well. I love working with my hands and to have the possibility to make my way doing something that I'm passionate about is really exciting. Feels great to keep the craft going. It's awesome and I can't wait to get better. My friends love coming up here to get away from everything, even though there are some of them are addicted to their phones. They tell me how amazing everything is, and just to listen to the birds and just to be. I even notice some of them put their phones away, sometimes. Something that seems so difficult to live without suddenly becomes unnecessary. Quite a few of the people that I know, they spend a lot of time indoors, um, spending loads and loads of time on their Xbox or TV or something like that. And um, um, I don't know, it doesn't seem very healthy, like when my friends come over and I see them out and about doing their thing. They, you know, sometimes they seem really almost like they're not there. Like one of my very close friends spends about 12 hours a day on his Xbox. Literally gets up in the morning, gets on his Xbox all the way through the day. And he actually came out. We and my friends invited him out the other day and he was like, can I bring my Xbox? And he brought his Xbox down and spent the whole time that he was hanging out with us on his Xbox, playing his game. Um, I got a bit annoyed with him, actually, because I hadn't seen him in a really long time. But yeah, it's weird that, you know, he just loves it. He loves it. And he gets really into it. He gets really stressed about things that happen in the game, you know. It feels real to him. Like, when you're in the room and he's there, you know, he's tense. When he's in this game, he's tense. And it's quite weird to watch how engrossed he is by it and how yeah I mean I've played video games before but I'd never want to play them that much there is some evidence that internet and gaming addiction can be problematic for brain development and this is a very serious concern uh, there's evidence showing that uh, the thickness of the uh, gray matter in the frontal lobes are lessened in individuals that have these addictions.
And the frontal lobes are crucial to organizing things and planning things and actually getting things done. And uh, really a, a crucial area of the brain that's developing as uh, children go through their adolescence. And so I think that this is an important point uh, to make. Uh, internet and gaming addiction also affects the health of an area of the brain called the insula, which is important for uh, emotional processing and uh, empathy and compassion. So I think that you know, just taking those two examples into consideration, it's clear that there are going to be long-term consequences uh, for individuals that have these problems as far as their brain health going forward. My battery is gone by fourth period. I'm not gonna lie. When I had my phone, it was gone by third. Yeah, third or fourth period. How often are you on your phone? Like, oh, right. like, answers, text messages. Yeah, 20 hours out of 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Like I procrastinate. Like I'll be doing my homework. All right, put my phone to the side. All right, Snapchat. Oh, hold on. I know, like if I'm walking in the hallway and I see someone I don't want to see, or like someone I don't, I'll just, I'll just look at my phone really quick. Or like sometimes if I'm walking by someone, I'll act like I'm on the phone. I'll be like, hello. How many of you feel that yourself or your parents are on their devices too? Okay, so most of you feel that. How many have lost momentum or energy for a well-intentioned day by laying in bed too long playing on your phone? Okay, okay. How many, when that thing dinged or buzzed or vibrated, you kind of went, yeah, you had that, you had that, ah, ah, what am I seeing? Yeah, yeah, no kidding, eh? That's pretty much universal. That's called addiction. Oops. Was that, did I, did I say that word? Oops, okay, all right. Uh, how many would say, I think I'm addicted to my phone? How many would say that? Okay, uh, you've heard of like Bill Gates? Uh-huh. And, and you understand that that particular high-end, high-achiever, technological genius wouldn't let his own kids be on social media? What does he know that we don't know? It's called, he knows how addicting it is. Remember the bing, bing? Remember that? That's, that's what's happening to us, right? I'm having a good time where like I'm doing something I love, like baseball or like with someone that I, like my mom hanging out with, like my brother or like, like, my, like just any of my homeboys or whatever, like I'm not on my phone until like, like we're not doing something. Cause like, it's just, it's something to, it gives you something to do when you're not doing anything. But I feel like people overuse it and that's their thing to do. Like that's what they, they're on their phone way too much and they just, they need a lot. They need to like open their eyes and like. Yeah, they're missing out. Mm -hmm. They really are. You know, I often joke with kids and I say, would you eat like 10 buckets of ice cream a day? You like ice cream, right? And they're like, no, 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 it'd rot my teeth. I, I'd gain weight, I'd be unhealthy. So ice cream is yummy and you like it, but if you do too much of it, it causes physical damage in your body. So you know not to do too much. Don't think of screens that way. Whereas the physical damage done by screens is arguably a lot more, right? So screens, just like a lot of the other things like ice cream, I'll say to the kids, if you do too much of it, a little bit is okay, but if you do too much of it, you are causing physical damage inside your eyes. 
it's like it's attached to her hand like we can't put it down and I don't know why like it's so it's so weird to think about it because I remember being younger and like that's never a thing that was never something that we were you know we were tied to we were we would just interact with people and I remember when I was smaller like I would I was an outdoor like I, w I was climbing trees and like doing crazy stuff and now I'm all like well, I don't, I don't want to like I like going outside like I could go on a walk but uh it's not as often as I used to, like, you know, and sometimes I feel like when I do have those days where I do something, like, productive and I don't even look at my phone, I'm like, I lay in bed and I, you know, when you lay like, at night and you're like, wow, like, today was a good day. You just kind of, like, you kind of compare and you're like, why am I not doing that more often? If it brings more joy to me, why am I just wasting time? My name is Jennifer, and I'm 18 years old, the middle child between four siblings. As a competitive dancer, I've grown inside my passion. I also love acting, gymnastics, piano, guitar, and violin. My childhood has had a few hardships due to alcoholism in my family, but sobriety is a beautiful thing. Middle school, that awkward transition where we blossom between elementary and high school. For me, it was a leap deeper into my insecurity issues and my first negative impact with technology. I always ask my parents, why can't I have a phone? Every kid I knew had one. Why not me? Now I know why. In the sixth grade, I was invited to my best friend's birthday party and everyone was acting so weird and distant with me. So I asked my friend, what was up? What's going on? And she showed me a Facebook page dedicated to myself. The comments were endless. She's so ugly, she's such a slut. Why is anybody friends with her? It's obvious we hate her so much. The worst part of it all was that they were all supposed to be my friends. And I didn't even have Facebook. Now, my mom was really hesitant to give me a phone. And my so-called friends were nice to me in person, but behind a faceless screen, they continued to tarnish my self-esteem. Fast forward to the beginning of grade eight. I had moved schools and my parents finally gave in and got me an iPhone. In no time, I downloaded Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Instagram became the most influential app to me because I became envious of the perfect lives, flawless bodies, and the faces I saw there. I began to wonder, why can't my life be that perfect? Why can't I have a perfect body with big boobs? a small waist, and a big butt. In my pursuit of happiness, I began taking bikini pictures and selfies. I felt my confidence was restored and reassured, temporarily, by the click of a button. But now, I was trapped too. When we posture that age-old comment that boys do the love thing to get sex, and girls will play with the sex 
like to get love. It actually is a really accurate description of the majority of the male-female humankind. Girls have a high need to be approved and loved and cherished for who they are. They want, seriously, they want that knight in shining armor who sees their priority to that man. They're respected by that man. They're validated and affirmed by that man. And and and, and obviously they get noticed through the sexual thing. So, so they kind of flaunt a little bit of the sexual stuff to get a sense of being loved and cherished. Well, what happens on the other side, guys know that women have this need to be loved and cherished. So they say all the right things, but often it's just to get in their pants, if I can say that. And, and, and so sadly, and we, we're making guys maybe sound solely Neanderthal and sex-driven. That's not always true, but it is pretty largely true, especially for young men in those teen years where they're just kicking into the raging hormones like crazy. And sadly, culture has made pornography so accessible and it's so explicit and it's so anonymous I mean, I can go anywhere and on my phone with 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 Wi-Fi or just with my own uh, data plan, I can look at anything, any place. And so we have premature exposure to so much sexual data that 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 whole porn push is driving this thing about sex and love. And uh, women are thinking that, well, if I have sex, I must be loved. Sorry. After the moments. I don't have time for you anymore, but I thought you loved me. So women are getting, as it were, taken for a ride that they're hoping is love, and they're dropped off at the shortcut of simple sexual, sensational uh, climaxes. And and so we have a problem there in our culture because, and, and of course, women are, are sensing that guys, guys like this. And the whole, you know, Kardashian, uh, Lady Gaga push or whatever, that whole push is, is, you know, use your sexualness. It, you know, use it. You be a strong woman. And what's happening is they're actually playing off the female side of porn that says, I can be a porn star. I can be noticed for my sexualness, which of course, at the core, is actually coming back to just, it's a surface thing. It's just, it's not you. You have to be loved for more than your sexual appeal. You have to be loved for who you are. That's real love. What has the world come to? Technology is consuming everyone. Our lives, relationships, self-esteem. When you're on a date or out with friends, faces are glued to the phone screens instead of engaged in one another. Modern dating has turned into texting your significant other. I'm here. Instead of knocking on their door. I bet you three hundred dollars it wasn't easy. So why'd you give yourself to me? I took your clothes off. I took your ring. I bet you I know almost everything. don't know anything about me I bet to him I see me evil Truth is I'm careless when I get drunk 
I bet he's angry cause I tied up all my loose ends Well, almost all except one I took your clothes off I took your ring There is an obsession to portray a picture-perfect version of your life. So much that we've forgotten that each one of us has flaws. The kind that make us imperfectly perfect. We are human, not robots. I'm not even blaming on it because guys do it too, but like they'll post like a picture, it'll be showing like, I guess, a little cleavage or something. And they'll be what the what they're really wanting is a guy to talk to, not like like that, but like but the guy sees that picture and he's thinking, all right, well, like, yeah, basically he <laughs> wants. Girls, like girls post stuff, they know what they be doing. Hold on, yeah, but look, sometimes the girls be setting they stuff up because when they be posting pictures and stuff like that, they know a dude finna text them. Yeah, so so you you wanted that attention and then when you get it you be mad because you wanted that attention but that's not the type of attention you wanted you wanted a or relationship. Maybe they can I speak? No. Can I speak? No. Can I speak? No. You wanted that relationship attention but you over here with your bra and your panties right? Hold on, can I finish? Let me finish. Let me finish. So then you get mad when the dude when his first instinct is trying to smash, but you over here showing your body. True. Yeah. But guys should have more respect than that. Like. That is very true. That comes with growth too. Like. Cause y'all know when y'all start talking, things start getting freaky. Y'all knew what's gonna happen. The girls knew what they was doing. They sent them pictures. Okay, so they knew. They know the boy gonna keep the pictures for a reason. So they set themselves up. Do you understand? Do you see? It starts with respect. If it's love, it's respect. If, 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 if a guy says, I'm saying it straight, if a guy says, if you love me, let me, or if you love me, send the photo, you can uh, block now, or frankly, if he says it face to face, you can spit in his face and walk away. Because if it's you love me, you respect me. There'll be always a time for the physical later, but if you give physical away to anybody who moves, including yourself in selfies, your own version of subtle porn, be careful that you're being liked for the right thing. You can undo one more button and maybe get a little more attention, but I'm telling you one thing, it's the wrong kind of attention. Boy, I tell you, it's tough. It's tough growing up today. Like, y'all talk about being mans and stuff, but y'all can't come up to a girl and ask her out in person. Like, why do y'all want to do it? <laughs> why do y'all want to do it by text message? Like, why can't you just be a man and, like, just <laughs> ask her out? <laughs> You can be more uh, compassionate. No, yeah, not not even not wrecked. You can be, you can be, you can be more compassionate. Cause this is cause you know how like girls be like always so shy or something like that. So it's it's basically like it's not. It is like that. Cause if you was to do it in person, they'd be like, uh, yeah. But then like if you was to say it over text, they can give what they really say. Cause I feel they girls feel more comfortable over text than they do in person. It's facts. That is facts. Teens these days, they're communicating mostly through text messages or Snapchat, things like that. There isn't a lot of face-to-face -face interaction, um, you know, when out of school or even, you know, on the phone. Um, you know, it's very easy to text someone. And if you have a crush on someone or you are dating someone, um, you may be just texting them and so, so much is lost from that. Or like, you want to chill, like, you don't say that. 
you say, hey, do you want to go, out. you want to go somewhere, it's like, but it's like, I will take you more serious, but it's like, I'll take you more seriously if you ask me like, hey, do you want to go out this place and eat somewhere, or you want to go to the movies, you don't say, you trying to chill, like, you don't say that, and every guy in this room says, you trying to chill. <laughs> Do you ever feel jip with guys asking you out over text message? No phone call? Hours? Or even coming to the door? Don't you have expectations? I was just going to say the thing about the expectations, like, um, I feel like no matter the expectations, the boys here aren't going to, like, live up to that. Not here. Yeah, like, not here. So, that, like, I don't think really think, even if we have them, like, it wouldn't matter here. Well... How about raise the bar? Girls are missing on a lot of things that that happened years ago. Um, you know, in terms of um, someone nice to you, bringing you flowers, or you know, trying to um, get your attention in certain ways. And now it's really just like I'm gonna text you a picture of um, I don't know what. Hopefully, it's nothing too X-rated. But I'm going to text you a picture of something and see how you react to that. This is true for, for young girls as well as for women. You do have to say what you want. Whether that's, I want you to actually call me on the phone or come speak to my face rather than texting me, or that's when you're older and you're in a job and you want to take on more responsibility. If you don't raise your hand and you don't say anything, no one's ever going to change anything. So I think part of you know, like being able to say, hey, can, you, can we just have a face-to-face -face conversation might change everything, you know? you just accept things for the way they are, it's never going to change. So it's worth it to like at least take that first step and try to be proactive. And I think that's guidance for every area of your life. I mean, I did raise the bar and I did get made fun of. And, and where are they now? <laughs> Look at, I, mean, I don't know. Um, I just feel like social media, like um, it, pre it has so much pressure to be in a relationship for young people. So like we don't want to wait. We want it now. And so we like, we accept things from guys and how they treat us, um, even though it's not right, because we just want it and it's like everywhere that we look. So we like accept somebody to treat us bad because that's what we want. We want a boyfriend or we want love. We want somebody there. Number one thing is my parents. Like, you you can't just show up to the house and text me you're outside. Like, you better walk to my door, ring the doorbell, tell my dad hello, tell my mom, like, give her a hug. But you, you're not just going to, like, come outside, like, come outside. Like, no, you're going to come in, you're going to be respectful because you represent me. Like, I picked you. What's it going to look like if you come in my house? Oh, girl. Like, no. I'm like, that's like my biggest thing. I, oh, that's, oh my gosh, that's so annoying. <laughs> or like, like, you're gonna stay there and you're gonna watch me walk in the house. Like, don't pull off as soon as I get out of the car. Yeah. But that's crazy. Like, these, like, I know I'm not your wife yet, so you're not gonna, but like, that's crazy. I just think it's like little respectful things. Like, if you respect me, you're gonna do this. But if you don't, like, that's fine, and we can both look for other people. My dad says, um, it takes, uh, it's like, what did he say? He said, everything has a time. Mm -hmm. Everything has a time. Yeah. Friends, college, cars, yeah. distance, everything has a time. So don't rush it, take your time. You need to think it through. Your generation has to make some calls on some very hard stuff because it's going to be asked of you 
over and over and over again. It is. That's where your generation is going. Shatter glass and fraying strange. Remind me of the shade bomb. Smash my crown and break my throne Promise that I'll never be alone Laying fair but coming last How many wasted days have flown right past So pick me up and dust me off what is found and what is lost Where my hand I'm slipping through And tell me what I'm supposed to do Carry me to safer ground Won't you help me fix these puzzles I found And tell me what I'm supposed to do Carry me to safer ground And won't you help me fix these puzzles I have
my anxiety grows as I don't feel validated, don't feel approved. And in that mix comes the dangerous move towards a growing depression, a deep dissatisfaction of who I am because my digital world is not affirming me. So I grow alone, I grow isolated, and I go miles from who I was created to be. That's the danger of the digital world. with so many choices for you and for me. I don't want to lose myself in a world that is tumbling down. My hope is that you plug into life because it's a truly beautiful gift. May you always stay in the light for it's the light that will guide you home. Perhaps one day we'll meet along the road. Be sure to stop and say hello. Cheers for now. I told him the guys earlier I get kind of petty and I'll just send like a photo of a naked mole ride if you want a nude. Like, I'll give you that, but... This is our toilet. This is where we make our contribution to nature. Um, every once in a while we empty the bins and put sawdust with it and then it takes about five years to turn into compost, which we then put on our fruit trees and stuff. Um, I'm just going to use the facilities. Classic. Absolutely classic. I 
that lands away from me. Yeah, I don't want your camera. Keep your lens away from me. Cause it don't matter how much post-production you do. I, I, I ain't as young as I, I used to be.